0: First John, chapter 1, verse 5 to 10. We are going to carefully start this book this morning, this chapter. Last week, we have seen uh, from this letter in chapter 1, verse 1 to 4, we have seen that John gave us the evidence that... Jesus became man. And he showed us that Jesus was audible and was visible and was tangible. He heard him, he saw him, and he touched him. So he was arguing with the false teachers. They were saying, he never became man. He just appears as if he became man. So we have seen that John giving us the evidence. And after we have seen that he was filled with joy and he want us to see that Jesus became man and why he came, he came to bring the fellowship, he came to conquer the sins. And by seeing that God became man, we are being filled with joy and we have seen that when John was filled, he proclaimed. So if we see that Jesus became man and came to die for us, we're filled with joy, and that joy overflows and makes us to evangelize. That was the last week's sermon. And this morning, we are going to see... Again, in the first chapter, First John chapter 1, verse 5 to 10, let me read. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Does anyone need a Bible this morning? Okay. So this morning, we are going to see John once again in verse 5. He's going to carry on to give us the evidence that he was with Jesus. He saw him. He was physically. So he gave us, and he gave us, he he drew a line of division to see two groups. So this morning, my sermon is... You've got three points. The first point we are going to see that to whom this message is written, the message is written to the believers. And He gave us the condition to see that are we walking in the light? If you are walking in the light, you must walk, you must reflect your life. as you are in the light. If you are not walking in the light, so he gives us two things, humility or pride. So if you are walking in the light, we are going to see humility. If you are not walking in the, in, in the light, we are going to see pride. So those are two other two points. So first point, the message is to the believers. And the second point is pride. The third point is humility. And we are going to see that under humility, there are four benefits. Because there are two verses uh, about humility. And under pride, there are six dangers. Because there are three verses about pride. So in each uh, verse, there are two. In pride, are, in each verse, there are two dangers. So there are three verses about pride, so you are going to see six dangers. In humility, there are two verses about humility, and you are going to see four benefits. And my main point this morning is to show you that when you are humble, you are fellowshipping with God. But when you are proud, you are his enemy. That is the main point. So let us look in our first point. The message is to the believers. I want us to notice the source of this message. Verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him. Did you see the source? This, that means Jesus. John is not saying something from his mind or something he had made up. He's saying something he heard. And who is him? The, the previous verses we saw that is Jesus. He was with Jesus. So is the messenger. We see the verb heard. That means he heard him spoke. He spoke to him physically. And He spoke to him, and we are going to see that what does he spoke to him? And when he spoke to him, he proclaimed what he had to us. So you can imagine uh, John as a horse pipe. You You can take a horse pipe. What is being poured in the horse pipe is what is going to come to the end of the horse pipe. So John is... Receiving the message, and is just uh, spread the message as it is. It's not his message; it's the message from him. So he heard. What does John heard? He heard that God is light. Verse five: God is light, and in him is no darkness. So Jesus revealed his knowledge to, go, to, to John about God the Father. Remember, we have seen that in John chapter 1, verse 1, uh, in the beginning was the word. The word is Jesus there. And the word, Jesus, was with God. And the word, Jesus, was God. So he's explaining about God because he was with God and he was God. So he's telling John the knowledge about God. And he said, God is light. What does the light do? The light, it shines. And when it shines, the darkness will disappear. And we even saw that in verse 5, God is light and in him that is in light, there is no darkness at all. So Jesus was revealing God the Father to John. So John is spreading this message to us. And we have seen that what the light, light does. You can listen what James 1.17 said about God. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation of shadow due to change. That means he is good, the perfect, he gives the perfect, the good gifts. He is good. He is perfect. The light is perfect, there is no darkness at all. He is holy and he never changes. So, John is giving us this message what he have heard from uh, Jesus Christ. So that leads us to point number two, pride. I will remind you, we have, uh, I've, I've told you about two, two conditions. One condition that to see if you are walking in the light, we will see that by by, by humility, and you, if you are walking in darkness, we will see that with pride. So if you take a tour with me. From verse six to verse 10, can you please look in your Bibles? Verse six to verse 10, did you see any word that is written humility or even pride? From verse six to 10, did you see any word written humility or even pride? Where did I get uh, humility? There is the idea humility and pride. There is the idea that John wants us to see. Notice the first uh, clause. Verse six. If we say we have fellowshiped with him while we walk in the darkness. Did you see that? If we say we have fellowship with him while there's a contradiction there. So, the definition of Humility, we have, we have studied humility in it's last year, I think. Uh, there's the series of humility we have studied. So the definition of humility is below, before God. And the definition of pride is like show off, putting the extra value in yourself. Me, me. So he's giving us these two uh, different people. So the one in verse 6, is saying, is contradicting himself. Notice the clause, say, if we say, he's saying, and after saying, he he said what? He said, we fellowship with him. Who is him? We have seen that in verse 5. God. And God is light. So if we say, we fellowship, and he contradicts, contradicted himself. If we say, We a fellowship with him while we walk in the darkness. You see, now there's a contradiction. There we see the idea of pride. I say, but my life doesn't say what I've been saying. So that's, that's humility. I want people to see I do this by mouth, but my works are not showing, the results are not showing that I am doing what I'm saying. So there's contradiction there. We say we walk in the light while we walk in the, in, in the darkness. So I want to bring this home, as application to us. What are the things that we say, but knowing that we don't do them? We just say, maybe to please someone, maybe to, maybe to say, if I don't say this, people, they say, I don't do this. But you know you are not doing these things. So what are the things that we, we, we say, and we don't do that. Number one, we say we'll pray for you, like I say. I will pray for you, but we don't pray. That's contradiction. We say, that's pride. I say, I'll pray for you, but while I know that I'm not going to pray for you. Number two, we say, I, I, I read my Bible. Why will you know that? I didn't read my Bible. If someone stand up in the evening and say, how many times does we read our Bible? Do you have any? If I say, uh, those who read one time, two days, three days, you can see the hands, but deep down you know that I didn't read my Bible, but you raise your hand, that's pride, because you are saying, oh, they are going to say this to me. So that, that is pride. So you, you are contradicting yourself. Number three, we say we love other believers, but we don't come to fellowship with them. That's contradiction. You say with your mouth, I love other believers. But the works, do we see that you love them? No, you don't come. Because if you love them, you come and fellowship. It makes me happy to see you. And I don't know if it makes you happy to see me. Just to see you on the Lord's day, it makes me happy. So if you are contradicting, you say you love, you love other believers, but you don't want to fellowship with them. That means you are, you are not saying, you are not meaning what you are saying. You just say, but your works are different. We say, we memorize our verse while we don't memorize, just to make people think that I have When you are being asked, can you give us one verse you have memorized? We start to memorize our verses uh, in January. Then I remember when we asked each other outside after the sermon, and people said, okay, from July, forgive us, January to July. From July, we are going to be updated. But if we ask now, you can see you don't know even one verse. So that is contradiction. We say we are going to do that, but we are not doing that. The last one, number five, we say we have evangelized people, but why we know that we are not, because you 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 are going to say people they are going to say oh I'm not doing anything, but your words showed us that you are contradicting yourself. Those and the list goes on, but those are the five things I want to bring us to us to see what are the contradiction, what does the pride mean? You you don't want people to see. Your real you. So you, you just say, but you know, you know yourself, right? More than anyone else. You know your heart. We cannot see your heart. So you are contradicting yourself. That's the lesson we are going to learn in this pride. So I want you to notice the consequences of this, this group that says, but they don't do that. The consequences. In verse five, if we do that, Like we say, if we say we have fellowship with with him while we walk in darkness, what are the consequences? We lie, number one, and do not practice the truth. Did you see the danger? You are lying, but you know I'm not doing these things. And I I want us to, I want to remind you the story of Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter five. They said, they are going to sell their uh, field. And if they sell their field, they are going to bring the money to the church. And they said that. There was no gun which was put on, on their head to say that. They said willingly. When they sold the field, they come back and they hid other money and they bring not the whole money. As they say it, they are going to do. And you know the story, right? What, is, what had happened to them. God struck them and they lied in the presence of God. So, it's a reminder to us, you might lie in the presence of God, in the church. That's dangerous. They died in the church. So, that's dangerous. So, we must repent if we are doing that. Verse 7. But, see the, 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 the contrasting here. But, but if we walk in the light. As he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleans us from all sin. Did you see the the difference? Look, the conjunction but It's contrasting verse number six and verse number seven. This first group is saying, and if you notice, notice notice the, 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 the clause. The verb, the close with the verb, the action. The action of in verse seven, we walk. They doesn't talk, they don't talk. They do the action. Compared to the first ones, they talk so that people they will see and they said, oh, this one is doing good. But this one, they they are not talking, they are doing. So this is a very big uh, contrast with the first group. So they talk, because talk talk is cheap, but to do. So you, you can imagine, maybe you want to paint the church and someone said, I will come and paint. And the one is already painting. You can see the difference. One is talking, I will come. And he might not come. And the one is not saying anything, but he's doing uh, by his action. We can see that is doing that. So notice that uh, what kind of walk? What kind of walk? But if we walk What kind of walk? The walk in the light. We have seen that God is light in verse 5, right? So if you are walking in the light, your life must reflect the light of the Lord, the light of God. So we can see in you without talking, the reflection, God is light, is going to reflect uh, the light. You are reflecting the light of God. So you are going to see, you are not going to talk, you are going to do the right thing. You can see, uh, we are going to see your life uh, is, is the life, in, is the someone who's walking in the light. And what are we going to see? We, are, we, we must see you love what God loves and you hate what God hates. If you compare the list from above, when you are doing those things, the list from the first list in verse six, when you are memorizing your verses, when you are reading the Bible, when you are coming to church, When you are giving the poor, when you are evangelizing, you are not doing that for yourself. You you are reflecting that I am walking in the light. Therefore, we can see he is walking. Not you are saying that to show off like the previous group. So you love what God loves and you hate what God hates. And notice the benefits. The benefits in verse 7. We have fellowship with one another. That is the benefit. If we walk in the light, we have fellowshipping with one another. And the blood of Christ, of the blood of Jesus, his son cleans us from all our sins. That's the second benefit. So if, if, if you are walking in the light, we see the fellowship between you. It's like a triangle. The fellowship between you and God. So it's like two people here. Sister Orebuwa, the fellowship, so it's a triangle. God is on, the, on top. So the other line is coming. You are fellowshipping with God, and I'm fellowshipping with God. So we enjoy this fellowship. Then we fellowship together. You can see the triangle. The one line comes to you. The one line comes to me, and the bottom line is connecting us. Because we are fellowshipping with God as God is in the light. And after fellowshiping with God, we have this joy to fellowship with one another. So, if you are walking in the light, we can see that you love to fellowship with other Christians. And the benefit number two, the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleans us from all our sin. Notice the tense, the verb, uh, the, fo- the verb form, cleans. The blood of Christ cleans. It's a present tense. It's not going to happen next week. or oh, it happened. It's going to happen there and there. So that is the benefit. He is going to cleanse us if you have, if you have sinned, then he's going to cleanse there and there. The cleansing is happening now. And I want you ask to notice what kind of tool that is used to cleanse, to, to do the cleansing, what kind of tool? In verse 7, what kind of tool, on the benefit number two, what kind of tool is being used to do the cleanse, the cleansing? The you can see the blood of Jesus Christ is going to cleanse us. If, if, if you are walking in the light, if we are reflecting the light of God, then the benefit Jesus Christ, you, you just cry to Jesus Christ, and it's, it's going to clean you. Is going to he died for on the cross for the sinners. He died to cleanse us, and he died to redeem us. So the redemption is first. Then the cleansing, if you because we are all sinners. So he, if we confess, then his blood is going to uh, cleanse us to purify. And we are going to see this idea in the in the in, in the following verses. Pride. So I told you in pride we've got six benefits. So three verses, so there's pride in one verse and pride in another verse. So pride one, pride A, and pride B. So this is verse eight, it's pride. And this one is dangerous. This one is dangerous. Look, verse eight. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we say we have not seen, what does that mean? That means we are righteous. If we say we have not seen, that means we are righteous. We don't need the blood of Jesus. That's dangerous. How? How would they say that? If you notice that list, we have read our, our, our church covenant this morning. We don't lean on our church attendance, uh, on, even on our faith, even give if the, even if, uh, in our baptism. So this is dangerous because if you think that coming to church, even no one is coming, you're attending all the meetings of the church and you think that makes you righteous, that is dangerous. That is very dangerous because if you think you're being baptized, then you are righteous. You have no sin. That is the idea here. If you think maybe it's myself, I am preaching, then I think, when I'm preaching while a pastor is not here, I'm righteous. No, no, not at all. We, we have seen that in, 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 in our previous verse. What cleans us It's not our works. It's not our church attendance. It's not like if you have been born in a Christian womb, then you see, I'm okay, I'm now righteous. I have no sin. No, the blood of Christ is the only thing that cleans us. So let us job. 14 verse 5, remind us. We are going to be reminded by John, by Job chapter 14 verse 5. What is man that he can be pure, or he who is born of woman that can be righteous? Who are you to be pure? And there's no one to be pure. And there's no one who is being born by a man is righteous. Under there, there's no one. So no one is righteous. No one, we even see that Paul, Paul counted all his, his works. He was doing everything good more than us, but he counted them loss, And he, he, he wanted Christ more than his works. So Job is telling us, we are not righteous. We are not pure. There is no one who is righteous under the sun. That's why we need the blood of Jesus to cleanse us. And if we do that, danger these are two dangers. if we do that we are deceiving ourselves we are deceiving if we say we are righteous because i'm coming to church because i'm doing these good things so i am righteous we are deceiving ourselves where does the deceive the deceit comes from Jeremiah 17 verse 9 thank you kulani the deceit comes from hearts Jeremiah 17 verse 9 told us the heart is deceitful above all things. We have memorized this verse last year. And desperately seek who can understand it. So we are going to deceive ourselves with our heart if we say we are righteous. We are deceiving. No one, Job told us no one is born of woman, is righteous. So we are deceiving ourselves if you are are doing that. Please, let us not trust our hearts. And our hearts is the great enemy. If you ask people, who's your great enemy? They will point to Satan. No, point to yourself, their hearts. Their heart will deceive you. And you see, I'm doing this good, so better than me, Adineo. So, therefore, I'm righteous. No, not at all. Don't trust your heart. Jeremiah told us, don't trust our hearts. Except the blood of Jesus Christ. We, he, he, he has taught us in verse 7, the previous verse, the blood of Christ is the only tool is going to cleanse us. Not our works, not our coming to church, not our every work that you can do and you think you are righteous. That's dangerous. If you are doing that, please repent. Run to Christ because he is the only. That's why he died on the cross. He died to come to and conquer the sin. We have seen that in 1st John chapter 3, verse 5. That is the reason he came. He came because there was sin. So he came to bring the fellowship between man and God. That fellowship was being broken in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Eve have sinned. There was no fellowship at all. That is the reason why Jesus Christ came down to earth to bring to fix that chain which was broken no one can fix that chain so don't deceive yourself and think that your works is going to fix the fellowship between you and god no one else will fix that uh, fellowship only jesus christ the blood of jesus christ by him dying on the cross he took all our sins on him and he went with the sins on the cross and died and when he died the father was happy because he crushed his son and he was here and he brought the fellowship which was broken long ago. He brought that back and that fellowship is between you, you cannot get that fellowship when Jesus is not in the between. We have seen that last, last week that he's putting the bridge. There is a very big separation like here in the between. There is, it is a very great separation. So him coming down to earth, he's putting the bridge so that we are on the other side. We can cross the bridge through him to the Father. And we have seen that the benefits comes from the Father. If there was no bridge, we are going to suffer and die. So he came to fix that. He came to bring the fellowship. Not your works are going to bring the fellowship between God, between you and God. Humility. Verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all our unrighteousness. Notice again the the, the, the verb tense, confess. It is a present tense. It's not something is going to be done tomorrow or next time. It's something is going to be done. Confess. If we confess, if we do, if you compare these three verses of pride and these two verses of humility, you can see the other is saying and the other is doing. So if we confess, if we confess, there are three things. The meaning, what is the biblical meaning of confessing? There are three things that you can do if you are confessing. Number one, acknowledge your sin. Recognize that you are a sinner. Number two, don't hide them. Kick all the doors, the closets. Bring out every sin that you have. Open your heart and bring everything, that sin, that sin which is hidden in your heart, and bring it out. Number three, say them. Name them with names. I have seen this, and you can name it. Those are three three lessons of, uh, three meanings of biblical confession. And where where am I getting this? Where am I getting these three? Psalms 32 verse 5. We are going to see, David is going to confess. 32 verse 5. Psalm 32 verse 5. I acknowledge my sin to you. Did you see the first one? I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover my iniquities. I, I didn't hide them. I put them out. I said, I will confess my transgression. I will name them, all of my sins, to the Lord. And what happens if you do that? What is the result? The benefit? And you for, ye. That means he said, You, that means he. He forgave the iniquity of my sin. So David said, I have, do, I have done these things. I have recognized my sin. I have put all out. I didn't hide anything. And I'm going to name this. I have seen this kind of sin and this kind of sin without a shame. And the benefit he's going to forgive all the iniquity. And look, look, look the next phrase. Who is he to those who confess? What does he do to those who confess? Verse nine. Yes, but before before cleans, what is he to those who confess? he's faithful and he's just. So if you confess, he's not he's not doing, uh, like is 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 going to be justice in every sin you are doing. He's going to be faithful. He's going to be just in every... Because we have seen when David uh, uh, he have confessed this sin, he forgave. He's just. He say, He's going to do what is right. Justice. Number, benefit, uh, benefit number one. He's going to forgive. He's going to forgive. Verse 9. If we confess our sins, what he's going to do? He's going to forgive us. He's going to forgive us our sins. And if you can see again, the present tense again. He's, he's going to do it right now. If the moment you for, this is the promise from the Bible. That we know that he promised this. If, if you confess, he's going to do it right away when you, for, when you, when you confess. He's going to forgive our sins. Number two, and he's going to cleanse presidents again. Is going to, and cleanse is purifying. You, 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 I, I saw someone who was doing a, a video conveying what Christ has done to us. He put two glasses of water and the one glass was very dark and the one was pure. So one way or the other, one, one glass is going to overcome the other. So if you take the dark glass and put into the clear water, it's going to be clear. No, no, no shade. That's Jesus Christ. So your sins in Jesus Christ, there's no sin anymore. He took them, but there's no sin. The glass is going to remain clear. And if you take the clear glass and put into the dark glass, there's going to be a change. That dark is going to be clear. That means he is in your life. He's going to purify every sin in you. So, if you confess, he's going to do that right away. And that is the promises in the Bible that we know. If you want to see answers to your prayers, this is the promise. If you confess, he's going to do it right away. He's going to, he's going to, 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 to cleanse us. He's going to forgive, number one, and he's going to cleanse. He's going to... F- Purify us. Pride in verse 10. Verse number 10. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. So, if we say we have not sinned and Christianity is the religion of sinners, that's why Jesus Christ came. Because... There was sin. So he came to conquer the sin. So, Christianity, so if you say you have no sin, that means you are not a Christian because Christianity is the religion of sinners. And you can see we've got our song that said, Come ye sinners. He came for sinners, not the righteous. So, if you are righteous, you are not a Christian because Christianity is the religion of the sinners. That's why he became man because there was sin. How? How? How can we be seen? We have seen that in Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. When Adam sinned, he imputed the sin to us. So, even a newborn baby is going to be born as a sinner because we are inheriting the sins from our father Adam. So, if you say you have no sin, like the verse 10 is saying, you are not a Christian because Christian is the religion uh, of, of the sinners. And look the danger. If you say that because he came for sinners because there was sin. So that's why he came. So if you say you are not, you, you have not seen, you are righteous. That means danger number one. We make him a liar. We are lying to him. How so? Uh, we are we are deceiving ourselves. I've mentioned first John chapter 3, verse 5. He appeared to take away the sins. We have we have seen that in our previous sermon. Chapter 1, verse 1 and 4 that he came for that. That's the reason he came. So if you say you have no sin, so you are lying. Why? Why, why does Jesus come? Because he came for that. There was sin. That's why he came. So you are making him a sinner. And it's like you are saying you don't need uh, the salvation. You're okay. You don't need Jesus. So you are deceiving yourself. Benefit number, danger number two. His word is not in us. That means you have no gospel. You don't have the truth. You don't, you don't read your Bible. You don't know what happened the in begin, the beginning. Look, John chapter 5, 38. And you do not have His word abiding in you. If you say that you don't have the truth, you don't know what happened. Why? Because you do not believe the one who sent Jesus Christ. So he sent, because there was terrible sin on earth, so he sent his son to conquer all the sin and to bring his people with him. He came for that. So if you say you have no sin, you are deceiving yourself and you are lying and there's no truth. So you don't have the truth of of God in you. You don't know anything because... That's the reason why Jesus came. He came to bring his people to the Lord. He came to brought the fellowship. He came to die for them on the cross. That's led me to my conclusion. What are the other benefits of being humble than pride? In our lives, practical in our lives, little boys, those who are at school, if you are struggling with the subject you are struggling with and you, you, you take it like everything is okay, you are being pride. Because if you, open up, if you open up, you are going to have to get help. So humble yourself, be open, I don't know this thing, and you are going to get the help, the benefit of, 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 of being humble, even at work. You are struggling with things, but you don't want people to know, but you are struggling. Just humble. That's pride. Just humble yourself and open up this type of way, I don't know anything. And they are going to help you and they will teach you and you are going to benefit a lot. Even spiritual things. Rather than to say, I have read my Bible. If you don't understand, just to say it. No, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm, a, I'm, I'm a, a, a testimony on that. I'm struggling with my English. I opened up in the beginning, then I get help. What if I I, I was proud? and said, Ah, they are going to say, ah, look, this guy doesn't know English, you see? I, I opened up in, from the beginning. I my English is very bad. I don't understand, and I get some help, and look where I am now. It's a blessing. So if if you are struggling, just just say it, then you get help. From pride to, 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 to be humble. So humble yourself. Those are the benefits. The benefits. Even in, in, in the marriage, if, 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 if you want your marriage to be sweet, there was a message uh, about humility which was being preached. Uh, if you go online, you can find those. They are so helpful and it helped me a lot. If you want your relationship, your family to, be, to, to, to have sweet marriage, be humble. Be humble. Don't be prideful. Be humble. You, you see everything is going, to, is going to go well. So humility will solve everything. It's the key. Because what is the definition of humility? Is to be low God. Go down. Very low. And we have seen that James chapter 4, uh, verse verse 6. He, he, he gives his grace to the humble and opposes the pride. Did you see that? If you are humble, he gives grace. He gives grace to the humble, not the proud. He gives, he opposes the proud. So the benefit of being humility, God is going, you have seen in the in the passage, if you confess, he's going to uh, forgive you. So if 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 you humbled yourself, grace is coming upon you. It's a promise. It's a promise. This is a spiritual promise. And we know if we pray and if we do this, we are going to get these things. And I want you to remember the parable of a Pharisee and a sinner. The Pharisee came and said, he, he stood up. Oh, Lord, I want to thank you. I'm not like this sinner who's kneeling down here. I have done this. And he counted all his works. He's coming to change everything, helping the poor. So I thank you because I'm not. And the sinner was low. He was standing, boasting himself. The sinner was kneeling and confessing and low before God. And God forgave the sinner rather than the Pharisees. So if you are humble, you are going to benefit. God gave the grace to the humble. And I want to close with this. Which group are you in? This passage is to examine ourselves because you the only one who can examine yourself you can fool us because we don't know and see what is in the heart so by yourself by seeing these things in first john chapter 5 verse chapter 1 verse 5 to 10 there's a line being drawn on the ground the other group is there other group is there so you you know yourself you can see examine yourself and see But to be honest, I was in this group. You know the group. And if you are in the group of the the pride people, repent. Come to Jesus Christ. Come to him. Run to him. Go, Lord. Confess your sin. And he's going to forgive us. I'll close with this verse. Uh, We have memorized this verse in... In 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 uh, this 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 in, in our memorize, our memorizing verses Hebrews nine verse fourteen. How much more will the blood of Christ, who through eternal Spirit offered Himself without blemish to God, cleans that is to purify our conscience from dead works to save the living God? Did you hear that? So. If you you have you know yourself, these are dead works. Just come to Christ, He'll cleanse you, He purifies you. That's why He died. He died to redeem His people, and He died, His blood is to cleanse, to purify us. So if you are sure with yourself, be sure, examine yourself, be honest with yourself. And you say, I am in this group and I want to be in the group. And the bad thing is, if you are in the opposite group, the proud group, the danger, the destruction, because he is going to judge the sinners. So please, go, cross the line, run to Christ. He has died for our sins. Let us close our eyes and pray.